0: this is a podcast by wellhouse church where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon what's going on bible nerds we're talking about acts four so let's take a closer look
1: let's do it we are currently recording this uh, right after well, gathering for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this will go
0: out tomorrow.
1: Yeah, this will go out tomorrow. And, you know, when I was preparing to teach through this text, um, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen or what was yeah. going to be drawn out. Um, and so when I sat down to prepare for it and actually write the storyboard, um, it's like concepts of power were just ever prevalent. Um, and just working off of like the whole narrative of them being arrested and then them asking about power, um, and then them saying power in the name, like, There was all this power, uh, kind of narrative, storytelling, metaphor, motif, how, you know, whatever literary device you want to come up with to talk about it. Um, and I even put this out on my Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, it's at pastor Cullen, super simple. Um, I think it's also linked in the show notes, but I put it out on Instagram, like in in this day where we're living with what's happening in Russia if you hear the word power what are you going to think of yeah and more than 75% of the answers were Russia and Putin yeah and it was like okay yeah duh everybody's going to have that on their mind right now sure um and so it seemed kind of fitting that um there was like a a a perfect example of empire that I could point to. Yeah. It's like this. The thing that Jesus was fighting politically, it was, was this yeah. empire. Um and so just to kind of set that up for you and have that there, um also I will say this um before I dive into the text. When we were doing Lectio Divina this morning at the end of the well, um it was collectively Everyone felt the significance of the name of Jesus. Um, And if you don't know, like, Deodivina, there's no, like, prompting or anything. It just, that's how it happens. Um, And when I was doing all my prep, never once did it jump in my mind. Yeah. Um, And it just goes to show you, like as we do this, and even me, a person who's quite critical of the Bible and the biblical story, like, this is very much so a living and breathing document, sacred, yeah. through which God speaks to us. Absolutely, um, I'm less confident calling it his word now as I used to be because I don't want to distort that with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely believe that God is active in communicating through this book as is evidenced by this you know I had I had one conversation with God about this text where I felt like the divine purpose was around the idea of power but then in lectio Divina all of us collectively feel the significance of the name yeah two the exact same text within a week of each other yeah and yet two different ways in which God chooses to speak. So don't just read a text one time and be done with it. There's, there's many things to glean from here. But as I told you in the story, if you remember, this is a follow-up from chapter 3 where they heal the man, and they're speaking to all the Israelites. And chapter 4 begins, While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came to them, much annoyed because they were teaching the people, and proclaiming that in Jesus there is the resurrection of the dead. Okay, now this is a common misconception about Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, Clayton, do all Christians believe the same? No. Did all Jews believe the same? No. How much of your life did you think they did, though?
0: Oh, most of it. Yeah, because (laughs) we don't talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Education is important.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, some of the most common ways that the religious folk are referred to are the scribes and the Pharisees. Mm. Here's the thing. Pharisees are scribes. yeah Sadducees are scribes. Um, there's another group in the Bible too, another Jewish, um, zealot group that I cannot remember their name. They start with an E. Um, that's gonna bother me. I'll I'll remember it before this is over, um, and if not, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But um, the Sadducees um, did not believe in a resurrection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They they did not believe not in a not in a Jesus resurrection. Um, think back to your Old Testament. Think back to your Bible. Um, Ezekiel 37, Mm -hmm. a general resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. That's an ancient Jewish belief. Mm -hmm. Sadducees did not believe that. They did not think that all people would be resurrected.
0: they didn't think it was like a literal resurrection? They didn't believe resurrection was
1: going to happen at all.
0: Mm, Okay. Interesting.
1: Pharisees thought general resurrection was going to happen. Sadducees didn't. And so Sadducees are also the ones that run the Sanhedrin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is where Jesus is tried, uh, mm-hmm. the first trial, the Jewish trial. And so they hear Peter and John proclaiming the resurrection
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Caiaphas, you know, he's a, a influential person in Jesus's trial, just, yeah. you know, 40 some odd days later or earlier. Um, they hear this proclamation of the resurrection. Now, they're proclaiming resurrection of Jesus. Right. But all they hear is resurrection. And they go, oh, no, these are Jews. No, we're we're not doing this. And so they arrest them. Mm-hmm. Heebie-jeebies. Come on. You know... I don't know how to say what I want to say. Um, basically, what I want to say is this entire idea of the religious folk in very oppressive ways of managing exactly what everyone believes. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Can, can we just get rid of this, please? Yeah. Like, is that is that really what we're supposed to be doing as religious leaders? Is like guardian of doctrine. Is that no. what is that what our job is? No, no, I really don't think it is.
0: Um, it actually, has a cult like element to it. It does
1: add a cult like element to it. If if we truly believe that the Holy Spirit is indwelled and filling each and every one of us, yeah. then why do I have to be the guardian of your doctrine? Right. Why, why can I, my own independent, healthy person, mm. be faithful and confident mm. that God is capable of communicating to you?
0: The same way he communicates to you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can be a resource. Mm. I can be a guide. If you have questions, I can be like, well, here's what I think the text is saying, yeah. those kinds of things. but. For me to seek out and go, oh, oh, I heard you believe something a little bit yeah. different than me. Let, let me go arrest you.
0: Yeah, well, us as Baptists, we believe in the priesthood of all believers, right? And so, like, this idea of guardian of doctrine isn't affirmed in our belief system, but it is in practice, like, overall practice. Oh,
1: it's definitely present in the Baptist tradition um, It historically. Yeah, historically. We call it discipleship, but... <laughs> But it,
0: no, and yeah, I'm not. No. I'm not
1: being rude. We we call it discipleship, and it is that. I really mm. do think that. Yeah. But it's indoctrination more than anything. Because I yeah. will tell you, I sat through a lot of discipleship stuff. Um. I rarely ever being ta- remember being taught how to pray. Yeah. I remember being taught a lot of Bible. Mm, I was taught a lot of. Bible. I remember being taught one way to read the Bible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was the only way to read it. Um, but I really don't remember being taught. Prayer. I don't remember yep. being taught ancient prayer practices. I don't remember. I remember being taught how to pray. I remember being taught the Lord's prayer. I remember being taught petitionary prayer and Thanksgiving and being told to praise God and all those kinds of things. But I didn't. I don't remember prayer or spiritual formation really being a part of discipleship. It was like Bible teaching. Yeah. Um. And naturally, in Bible teaching, you're going to indoctrinate and therefore you've made your primary practice, like you made your primary purpose yep. and function yep. to be guardian of doctrine. And mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't really think that's super helpful. It's not. Um, I think there are times where it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paul is a great, great example of that yeah. in like 1 Corinthians. Um, I think there are times where we have to correct some things.
0: Yeah, um, that the way that I've liked to to talk about it is it's like in these discipleship type things, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of just give them resources and just kind of like make sure they stay within the creeds. And like you just kind of guide that piece.
1: Well, yeah, that's very true. But the piece that I love about the way Paul does it is if you really go and look at Paul mm-hmm. and you read Paul holistically, here's what I think Paul is doing. Paul only ever corrects a belief when that belief is tied to an ethic. Yeah. And if that belief is forcing a poor ethic. <clears throat> right. Paul's really more concerned about how you live and treat
0: people. Oh yeah. Than he sure. is
1: about what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of Romans, we try to make Paul out to be more than that. Paul's an ethicist. Mm -hmm. Paul wants you to act like a Christian. Yeah, I think that's very Um, true. And so I just don't, I don't see the incessant need to go around trying to tell people exactly what to believe. I just, that's one of my pet peeves with like professors in seminary classes.
0: One, it's exhausting to you to like try to control the narrative. Yeah. It's exhausting. Oh yeah. Two, it's so harmful to the individual person because you're just making many use. Yes. Um
1: Yeah, and I guys, I'm self aware enough to know myself. I don't want any more of me walking
0: around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's very unhelpful and it's very hurtful. Um but this guardian of doctrine thing adds back into the power metaphor playing here. Yeah. 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 Um, well, yes. That, yeah. And that's my
1: point exactly, right? Yeah. If you want to control power, you can control knowledge, mm-hmm. information, and voice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is exactly what they've done
0: mm-hmm.
1: as they've arrested them. Yep. yep. And then what did they ask for? Their knowledge. Right. How do you have this power? Mm-hmm. How, how did you accomplish this? By whose name did you do this? And I love... Well, first of all, this is a piece that I want to draw out um, that I think is a really important note here. Verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. I think... I'll be honest. I'm not 100% sure how to read this, but I think it's import, important to note and talk about. Mm-hmm. It is my belief that everyone has some experience of the Holy Spirit yeah. within them. I think being made in the image of God and having life breathed in <clears throat> carries some experience of the holy spirit i don't know to what degree it is but that's what i think Mm -hmm. and then as we progress through divine likeness we get more experiences of the holy spirit we get more expressions we get more experiences yeah we get more filled per se If we want to keep the metaphor I don't know. Here's what I think. I think you become most filled. I I think you gain your full capacity of the Holy Spirit indwelled in you. You become filled with the Holy Spirit. At whatever your point of like Christ following happens. I don't I don't know I I mean, I kind of believe in conversion, but I also don't because I do think there are kids like you that can grow up in church and really not have that moment. They can point to and go, yeah, I was 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 like converted. Like, so I I believe in conversion, but in the same way, I don't necessarily think that's the only way that faith can be experienced.
0: That's, that's my argument is it's, it's, that's not the only way.
1: And so uh, at whatever point, that your Christ following happens. Mm-hmm. I think that's when you experience your fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that changes. Right, I think expressions of the Holy Spirit, the way the Holy Spirit manifests through you, mm-hmm. I think can change. Yeah, But I say all that to say, when the text says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't think that necessarily means that God's like divinely speaking through him. Yeah, I think what that means is Peter's a person filled with the Holy spirit trying to live a Christ followers life Mm -hmm. and has his mind on the things of Christ. And this is what he himself comes up with to say. Yeah. And this is what he says. And it's beautiful. And the reason I say that is because this is just a fisherman.
0: Yeah. That hung out with Jesus for three years. And a a zealot, like not an educated man.
1: No. And this is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This is what he says. Rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed. So what's the first thing they say? In the most polite way you could possibly be here. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you've arrested us because we did a good deed for someone who was sick. Like, holy heck peaceful protest outside the Capitol building in Moscow, Russia. What the heck? I can't believe you've done this. I think it's the voice of the victim crying out going, I don't, I don't understand why you've wronged me in this way because all I've done is this. Yeah. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It's become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. First of all, Peter. Well done, my man. It's beautiful. It's beautiful development. It's artful in the way it calls out the oppression yeah it's artful in the way it calls out empire oh the guy yeah you killed him by the way you remember that about 40 some days ago yeah you killed him um
0: that guy yeah
1: this man's been healed because there's no salvation yeah in any name other than this one yeah which Clayton if you're a Jew where do you get salvation
0: uh from the temple
1: No 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 God what oh. what name what God gives you salvation uh, Jehovah Yahweh Yeah They're talking to Sadducees talking to very good Jews They don't say that Right Who do they say salvation comes through Jesus Yeah The rest of the story is the Sadducees let them go
0: right it what i actually love is now when they saw the boldness of peter and john and realized they were uneducated and ordinary men (laughs) they were raised and amazed and recognized them as companions of jesus yeah yeah
1: and so here's the other thing that i love about this and i don't and this is why we do this podcast because i don't when you're only storytelling for eight to ten minutes, you don't have time to dive into all of this. Yeah. <clears throat> but what's the opposite of power? Uh, th- th- Uneducated, ordinary, fisherman, like just yeah. the average people? Yeah. Everything about this narrative is one of like a power construct and everything about Peter and John, what you should be gleaning from this is that Peter and John are filled with the most divine power that an individual person could possibly be filled with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yet their power is antithetical. They're just ordinary, uneducated, average people who were companions of Jesus. Well, House Church, if there's nothing else I want you to know, I want you to be a person of power via the divine power of the Holy Spirit, but I want you to be an ordinary companion of Jesus. If, if Jesus chooses to exalt you in some way with fame and prestige, fantastic. Praise God for it. But overall, let's just be okay being devout companions of Jesus.